First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. It's our good friend Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern. Partner AP look good today. I'll give you that point. He looked very, very, very good today. The thing was, when you watch what they were doing, when you watch the Arizona Cardinals, they made you understand what they were doing with AP, and that was running the football. That's why you saw the play-action pass. Larry Fitzgerald and company became open wide because it pulled those linebackers up, allowed them to have just, a, just enough space in the red zone to be able to get the ball over the top. But I tell you, that's what he brings to the table when it comes down to being a part of the system. I mean, you heard Bruce Arians all week long basically saying that he was drawing a connection from what he was doing when he was in Minnesota and saying it was pretty similar to what they do there in Arizona. And when watching him play, honestly, um, not saying that, you know, this is what we're going to see for the rest of the year, but 23, 23 carries for 130 yards and two TDs, uh, I thought was pretty darn good. It gave the other older guy at 34 years old, Larry Fitzgerald, an opportunity because of one-on-one coverages and maybe sticking the nose in the box a little bit too much by the linebackers and safeties that allowed him to catch have 10 catches for 138 yards in a TD. So this is what I was hoping for, and I think probably what Bruce Arians and his organization was thinking that they could get from uh, Adrian Peterson. And trust me, while it looked like it may have taken him a step and a half to get going, once he got going in the open space, guys were looking for him to run the football. I think the, the, the play calling was good, and I think at the same time, you saw the energy from the other players on that football team. Offensive linemen, defensive players like Patrick Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald and company all showed, showed their appreciation for Adrian Peterson being there and bringing that different temperament to the table, which I think resonated throughout the entire team, and I think that's why we saw them play so well today. Uh, Cordell, sticking with that, let's stay out west here with the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, they've been really impressive uh, thus far this season. We've talked about it countless times on this program. I know you guys have on No Huddle how important Sean McVay has been to the maturation process and maturity of Jared Goff, but they pull out a, a big win here against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is this a team that most teams at the beginning of the season didn't account for? Should they now start to look at this Rams team as being for real? Well, they have to. I mean, when you're capable of putting up the points that they're capable of putting up. Uh, I know when you look at how they played last week, uh, the numbers weren't the greatest. uh, But you got an opportunity, uh, I think, every single week, not just one or two weeks, not accidentally, you know, in spurts of the game. Pretty much throughout the game, you see this team actually being able to put up 20-plus points, 25-plus points. Last week they only were capable of putting up 10. That's an in-game rivalry, I would say, between them and uh, the Seattle Seahawks and maybe even them and the the Cardinals because they know each other so well. But this team is a team to be reckoned with, to go on the road in a hostile environment where a team is really hungry in the Jacksonville Jaguars in a sense of how they play, what they call them, Sacksville, uh, down there in Jacksonville because they they bring so many – pressures from so many different angles which causes them to be able to get the sacks they need to to force teams to be out of down and distances manageable down and distances i saw a team that fought back and played really hard today so all you can do is say you know this team is steadily getting better every week they're answering answering the challenges every single week and anytime you could have players like the todd Gurley's of the world 
it may be Woods or someone else that can actually touch the football 116 yards off of 23 carries. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, people may say, well, Cordell, we need to see more. I said I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I like what they're trying to do. I like, I like what they're accomplishing. And last but not least, when you watch the young kid and Jared Goff, he's really playing the kind of football they need him to play. But the best thing about him playing the way he's playing, he's getting the supporting cast starting with the coaches. And also the same players that's been around him last year going out and producing and playing that type of football that allows them to win the way they are. Great defensive performance, special teams solid. Jared Goff and company is playing some really good football right now. I definitely have to highlight special teams. Farrell Cooper kick return on the opening play of the game. Took it the distance for a score, and the Rams also blocked a punt for a touchdown. Taking you around the league with Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle. Join us tomorrow every weekday for Eastern for the best three hours of NFL conversation you're going to find any place. Cordell, I know we were trying to wrap up Friday's show with our picks quickly, but you might have heard me say, even though I was wrong about Adrian Peterson, Steelers were going to win today in Kansas City. Did we see the real Steelers show up in this victory? Well, you know, sometimes when you play against some teams, you, you, you know you have their number, similar to Minnesota over the last few games. Unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers, he's not around. When you have a team's number, you know how to scheme against them. I think we had the opportunity to see uh, this team basically go out and I think just do what they normally have been doing in the past. We saw it happen in the postseason. We saw it happen in the regular season. The Steelers just have their number. You notice one thing that we hadn't seen all year. You saw Pittsburgh still a team basically line up and add a fullback to the mix uh, when it comes down to how they played. And, and when you see them do that, to me, that lets you know that this team, from a schematic standpoint, is really trying to do the best they can to do what I think the team needs to continue to do. That's run the football. Roosevelt Nix was a fullback in the mix. Oh, I rhymed on that one. That was one, one for you right there, Nick. Nipsey uh, Russell, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Roosevelt Nix was in the mix. Um, when you see that from the Steelers, that's the old school way of playing football. And to me, that's the kind of football I think you're going to need from them. Maybe having two tight ends, maybe one receiver, a fullback in the play. Uh, maybe having uh, a fullback along with a tight end and two receivers and put them in that slot position to make them have to honor the running game because you know, uh, Nick Ferguson, anytime you see a fullback in a game in front of the, uh, in front of an explosive runner like a Le'Veon Bell, what's the first thing coming to mind? A run, correct? Exactly. Naturally, what you do, you come back, you do play-action pass, then you have uh, Antonio Brown as well as Martavis Bryant and company sitting there in the slot position having probably some form of man coverage or someone out of position to allow them to come open and make plays. So I thought this was a great game plan by Todd Haley and that team. They played really well. They played hard. I mean, you saw some interceptions that were capable of being made, but what they end up doing, Antonio Brown ended up catching the football, ended up taking it to the house uh, for a touchdown. A couple plays they made early on, two-point conversion, interception to the end zone, and also A.B., a touchdown off of a tip pass, that put them in. Those are the type of big plays you need going on the road, especially in an environment like Arrowhead where this team was undefeated. But you know what? A close game, I think that's a reality check for for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not out of it. We just saw the Chargers kick a winning field goal there in Oakland to put them up 17-16 to win that game against the Oakland Raiders. We had a chance to see that. So a lot of great football. We're waiting to see this Denver Broncos team get an opportunity to play their game that they're going to have coming up pretty soon here. Uh, but 
Right now, I think these are two teams in the division, or matter of fact, in the conference, along with the New England Patriots team that we saw play a very tough game, and they end up coming away with a victory. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting, guys. Remember, the month of October and November is the placement time for your division and also in the conference. December is when you pretty much, you know, nail the dagger inside of everything that you're trying to get accomplished to seal the deal. But that type of football we saw from Kansas City and Pittsburgh today is the type of football we can really see. Oh, how about Mitchell Trubisky goes on the road to beat the Baltimore Ravens? Another great game, guys. So it was Atlanta losing the last minute of the game against the Miami Dolphins. I told you, Brian, this team cannot finish. So great football all day long. Excited about it. Uh, Pittsburgh still a loss, but Adrian Peterson, we have to give mad kudos to him and Coach Bruce Arians to really stick into it. In the first half, what did he have? 86 yards rushing as opposed to the Saints giving him four games for 81 yards rushing? Pretty darn good by this team in Arizona Cardinals to bring this man in because if they can, this can keep going. The physicality that they brought to the table today, that's the type of football I think that can help them get back on track to being one of the teams that needs to be talked about within NFC West. Cordell, you hinted on the game that's coming up shortly here on NBC between the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants, and we know how Eli Manning has struggled over this season. They haven't won a game. The running game hasn't been on track you, you lose a bevy of wide receivers. If you are Eli Manning, being as though you played the position, how do you walk into Denver facing the no-fly zone and, and have your mind ready to go to even contemplate even coming out of there with the W? Put your seatbelt on and be prepared for the oxygen to come from the top because that's what's going to happen. You know, when you're on an airplane, they tell you to put your seatbelt on. If there's turbulence and something happens and you're having an issue, you can grab the bag from behind the seat in front of you to let it out or you be prepared for the actual cup to come down to breathe through to get a little oxygen. Because literally, that's what's going to take place for this football team. When you talk about that defense and how fast they run and how explosive they are, uh, that's something that I know because you were a part of that, that life there in Denver at some point in time and just being a part of defenses. You know when they have that feast or famine mentality. You got guys coming off the edge. The front four is really putting up the pressure they need to put up. Um, it really puts you in position as a secondary player, whether you're on regular downs as a corner or safety or even on third down as a nickel or dime back that comes in. You know for sure the front four can apply the pressure. It really makes you guys' life easy in the backfield. One thing we saw from Arizona, to allow all that stuff to take place the way it did today for them, they needed to run the football. The question is, can the Giants force the Denver Broncos to become a little uncomfortable with what they want to do from a feast of famine standpoint to take some of the pressure off of Eli Manning so he can do something that we know he hadn't been able to do as of lately. you got two guys who are out for the year, Brandon Marshall, Odell Beckham. You have Sterling Shepard, who is allegedly coming in, and hopefully he could play throughout the game. But yet Paul Perkins and company in this defense is going to really have to step up, and a few scout team receivers that are stepping up to the occasion are really going to have to step up and, and handle their business because I tell you, it's going to be tough sledding for them because this Denver Broncos team pretty much figuratively smells a little blood, and we have to assume um, that they're going to come out swinging and trying to do the best they can to confuse them a little bit more, maybe create some turnovers, cause Eli to become a little gun-shy when it comes to being in the pocket, and make them one-dimensional, which is not being able to do nothing at all. So this is going to be a great game there, I think, in the mile-high 
and I'm looking forward to seeing it and uh, to see how they respond to all the adversity that's taking place for them with the Giants football team. We are dissecting the top stories with Cordell Stewart here on the NFL on TuneIn. Cordell, according to reports, Colin Kaepernick has retained an attorney, and he's going to have the support of the NFLPA filing a collusion grievance against the NFL. Just factor that into this question. With Aaron Rodgers now out, presumably for the rest of the year, with the broken collarbone on his throwing shoulder, if you were running the Packers, are you riding with Brett Hundley, or are you giving Colin Kaepernick a call? Well, you go ahead and keep Hundley in the mix because, again, it, it, it boils down to this, all right? Uh, Brett Huntley has been around with that football team for how long? For three years now. So they know who he is. We're talking about a very conservative community up there in Green Bay when you talk about the Packers. Now you bring that energy there. Again, it's always what I talk about. It's does he have the skill set? to make it work, to play on someone's roster? The answer is yes. The perception, the perception of the owner and how does this person fit on my team, that now becomes the second question and the most important one. And that is what it's going to boil down to for someone like Colin Kaepernick to go somewhere like the Green Bay Packers to have to go in and be a part of that team throughout the year. Is it a good fit? Not every place in the National Football League because of injuries means that Colin Kaepernick's going to be a good fit. It still goes back to X's and O's. X's and O's for a scheme is concerned, execution, and situational football. Does he fit the bill with what we try to do on offense from a standpoint of what it is he does as a player? Does it fit? That's more important to me with Colin Kaepernick coming to any team in the National Football League and anything he has going on with him when it comes to attorney and his stance politically outside of the game of football. And that's what truly matters most right now when it's all said and done again for me, for Colin Kaepernick. I don't think he fits with the Green Bay Packers. But Cordell, I don't think that's a good fit for him. Cordell, I mean, Brent Huntley is the only quarterback on the Packers roster. Right now, where do you go from there? If you start him... You have to bring in someone to back him up. Well, they'll bring Joe release. Thomas off the practice squad. But I think the larger question is, Cordell and Nick and I were talking about this earlier, if you're thinking about scenarios and what did we lay out on no huddle, if Kaepernick mm-hmm. was going to get a chance, presumably it was a playoff contending team losing a marquee starter, isn't that Green Bay? You, you, you would like to say if, it, if, it fits, if that's the bill in, in the, in the uh, blueprint that we're going off of, sure, all day long, but it's still again. You know, sometimes organizations, and, and, and I think we all can attest to this, they'll sacrifice bringing someone in that you know can fit on the team, not bring them in because of maybe some of the stuff that comes to the table. We're not talking about a, a defensive player where sometimes those guys get second chances or secondary players where those guys get chances or maybe even receivers, those guys. Say, you're talking about the quarterback position and that dynamic it's a little different than other positions. Again, the temperament of the city, the temperament of the locker room, the temperament of the coaching staff has to be able to fit well enough to allow that energy to come into your locker room. I'm not saying he can't play in the National Football League. I am just trying to say, what's the better fit for him? From a circumstance standpoint, you guys are 110% correct. They need someone that can come in and actually play and maybe get on the football field it may help make a difference if the number is called for him to step on the field right now with his collective experience and bring that to the table with what his skill set says he's able to do and be able to get on the team and play. 
can the coaching staff, can the players, can the community, I mean, you saw uh, when they actually had the stands uh, for the National Anthem, that's, I think it was last Sunday or Sunday before last, you know, while some people, you know, you had uh, Aaron Rodgers saying he hoped everyone joined together. Well, there were some people that were joining together at the Arms and some weren't. And so if you still have the mixed crowd of people that's going to have a chance to respond to that again, still, that are diehards when it comes down to standing for the National Anthem, diehards for those who are against standing. And regardless of what the narrative is for those individual players, the bigger picture narrative is most are saying you're against the military and you're against the flame, which, which we all know is not the truth. So do you want that mixed energy to come into that locker room and on that team to where the chemistry is already what it is, now you bring that adverse energy into a locker room you have to make sure the guys and the temperament, coaches, players, as well as maybe even a community, is somewhat open-minded to allow it to happen. And to me, as a blue, from a blue-collar standpoint, that city, being the way they are, to me, just to me now, I don't know for sure if they're ready to bring that in there at this moment in time. I can tell you this with certainty. Tony Romo's not leaving the booth. He's having too much fun, just like you have with me, I hope, every day on NFL No Huddle. Have a good night, Cordell. We'll do it again tomorrow for Eastern, heading around the league. Hey, man, one time for AP. Great game for that guy today, right? Great game, guys. So talk to you tomorrow, Brian. Be good. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, Cordell. Bye-bye. The NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.